You're really that sad about Robert Durst dying? All right, Sweat Equity Podcast and streaming show, the number one business comedy, comedy business podcast in what? the world. <laughs> I just wanted to throw throw some shade right at the top of the show. Um, we got Rob Cressy on his, uh, he's a coach, speaker, entrepreneur, frequent returning guest on Sweat Equity. You want to get inspired? Go to check out the best year ever podcast. You want to unlock your greatness? Book a, book a coaching session at robpressy.com. Links will be in the description. Posi- a positive episode. Those are fun. Very positive. Um, positive of it. Yeah, I like it. It feels good. It's like, you know, you went to church and you feel good about yourself. That was for my shitty joke. <laughs> um, listen to us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, rate, review, write something in the review that's funny if you can. Holler if you hear me. This episode is sponsored by Gut Intelligence Test Supplements. Get your gut biome by Viome. B-I-O-M-E. You want to check out your flora and fauna of what's going on with you? We talk a little bit about dieting on this episode. Yeah. And about how you got to and how to measure your results. You got to make it a lifestyle. Well, first you got to audit yourself. You got to know what your gut is all about. Get 70% off with our link in this episode description to get your gut intelligence tests and supplements. Send in some poop. Send in some blood. Mail them your poop. I'm going to be doing it soon. I'm excited. And find out what you should be eating, what you should be doing, and find out more about yourself. Let's get this party started. Let's go. Party Johnny. about my sweat equity? Sweat equity. So you have that as your slate? No, you're good. What a pro. What a pro, dude. Uh, Rob, uh, let people know where to find you. I'm pretty sure it's robcressy.com, R-O-B-C-R-E-S-S-Y.com. You got it. RobCressy.com uh, on all social media platforms at Rob Cressy, or you can listen to my podcast best year ever on all podcast platforms. Best year ever. Now this, this is kind of, um, say apropos. that every year. Well, it's starting ap- now. It's apropos, right? We wanted to have you back on and it was just kind of like, Oh yeah, we haven't had Rob on in a while. I, I literally was thinking of you earlier today before law said, I was like, we should have Rob on. It was a weird, dumb thing that I was like, no way. Couldn't believe it. So you got to lift have these, us up. We have these weird synchronicities. You know, like when you have deja vu and then you tell someone you have deja vu, no one cares. Right. It's kind of like this that. This is worse. It's, it's like that, but there's two people doing it. Yes. <laughs> well, I can yes <laughs> in this for you guys. Yes, good. Because... Every day at 11, 11 a.m., a calendar reminder pops up that says, make a wish. So every day, for as long as I can remember, I've made a wish on 11, 11. And one of my favorite wishes, which I do often, is that something, something unexpectedly amazing happens. And it just so happens, like, 
maybe one hour later, I get a text from Law being like, you want to come on the podcast? And I was like, boom, look at that wish coming true. <laughs> wow. You really flatter us. Man. Yeah. I believe it 100%. Man, that was a long workaround for a charming comment. <laughs> to, to make us feel better about yeah. ourselves. Well, I mean, look, we look to you. I, I feel like we're both, we, we both say uh, negative things to be funny, but I think both we're, we're generally... I'd say aggressive optimists or, yes. um, you know, cheerleaders for anybody wanting to do what they want to do. But uh, when we get with you, we definitely look like pieces of shit in the positivity department. How do you stay so chipper? Uh, it's very simple. It's binary. It's a one or a zero. So when I started my entrepreneurial journey and, then, and I was like, all right, what's going to help me accomplish what I want faster, positivity or negativity? I'm like, well, negativity is going to take me further away from where I want to go. So uh, I'd much rather just be positive all the time. So therefore, since negativity, negativity not only doesn't serve me, it takes me further away from where I want to go. Why in the world would I have any negativity in my life? So from there, I just audited all of my input. So I've never watched the news. Uh, I don't get caught up in uh, the majority of what the world does, like my Twitter is a block list of a bajillion. So I literally only live in a small little bubble of positivity in sports. Dude, but why is it so hard to, to be positive, though? It's so much easier to just take shit on everything, you know, and that's with anything. For, it's way better than the alternative. I would much rather be happy having fun because I know really the well, too. here's the simple here's the simple origin, because. My old life, I used to be Peter from Office Space. I worked at a Fifth Third Bank call center slinging home equity loans, making $10 an hour in a cube farm with no email address or internet access. It was the opposite of what I dreamed of doing later in my life. Fast forward a decade, and I got into digital advertising sales. And while I was great at it and made a crap ton of money, I didn't wake up every day looking forward to slinging banner ads and text links. So I knew what life looked like when I did not like what I did every single day. And I just literally lived for the weekend. So therefore, when I cut the cord and went all in on my dreams of being an entrepreneur and as a creator and as a coach, I said, I am no longer living that life. I'm living the life that I want. So if you can do whatever you want every single day, sort of like when Peter got enlightened in office space, well, negativity is not just part of that because you get to design what it is that you want to do. So by design, I only do things that I love. Yeah, it sounds very calculated. Um, and uh, I think that's the missing step for a lot of people that want to be very happy. Well, you say that I was going to say, I, do you have times where you have to make that sort of choice or is it like a, you have to reinforce it for yourself or are you just automatic at this point? In your life. It's auto it's automatic at this point because okay. I think about me as if I'm a computer, we'll call it Robos, Rob operating system. And okay. that program you came up with that earlier. That's not often. Yeah, I think we gotta I go. Think you, yeah. I think that's, <laughs> that's the end yeah. of the interview. No, <laughs> I didn't say that. But that's how I actually think about it. It's a boot sequence. When I wake up every single day, what do I need to boot like a computer to create me into the best version of myself? And the positivity side of things, boom. It's literally that simple for me. So taking the thought out of it, I guess, is the way to put it in we made it practical habitual. terms. Like you just don't think about it. You're a it's a, it's a lifestyle man. and it's a way of being. Law, you're right. It's habitual. It's, it's autopilot because it is who I am. So a lot of people, 
Um, certainly around this time of year, they try and do a lot of different changes. But for me, it's simple when it's a lifestyle change or a way of being. It's just who I am. So there's no like, uh, I don't wake up one day and just all of a sudden decide that I'm going to change my name and be somebody else. I could, but that's just not what I do. So it's like in my DNA at this point. Right, right. You've been working on it for so long and it sounds like you've been, you know, very uh, self-aware and self-auditing that uh, along the way. Is that kind of, you make kind of a benchmarks as you're going, right? Without a doubt. I was not this person 10 years ago. It's literally 10 years of personal growth and development and self-mastery work to get to this point. So it's a Lego block of stacking on top of each other for 10 years straight. So I don't expect somebody to wake up and all of a sudden be doing round off back handsprings when they get to the day. No, it's sort of, you just got to create yourself. And one of my favorite quotes is live by design, not by default. So for me, mm-hmm. I've designed my life. I've designed my mindset. Yeah. At that, when these new year's resolutions come out, it's like, I'm going on a diet that I'm like, you're, you might as well not even like you gotta it starts now and you gotta just change pretty much everything if you really want to make a change like you gotta be change who you are basically just you gotta dig deep because i mean the diets they don't have anything that's short term where they have this thing where like i just gotta lose this much weight by this time right and then i'm good and then no flat line to that weight right. forever mm-hmm. yeah and that's if they're lucky. Well, people don't think of diets as inherently short term, right? They think of it as this is the next thing in front of me kind of thing that I need to do. They don't really think about it as like short term and long term at the same time. You could just cut out bread yeah. and, and sugar. Uh, right. And make that That'd part be better. Your, your lifestyle for the rest and, of your life and walk more. You'll probably do what you need to do. Yeah. I, I, but I mean, people got to, it's got to be real for them. You know, you got to be realistic about what you can actually do and then go from there. What resources do you have? That sort of thing. So I think there's a flaw in that thinking of people who want to go on a diet because the more fun way of living would be to say, I'm going to create a challenge for myself. So instead of seeing it as deprivation, you see it as achievement or experimenting on yourself. So years of listening to Tim Ferriss's podcast somehow seeped into my brain to where I'm now willing to experiment with anything on myself from doing 75 hard to drinking a gallon of water to not eating bread, to, uh, eating fruit until noon because of Jesse Itzler. And it's more of like a trying it on for size. So instead of living a life that is just average and normal, imagine constantly Uh, creating challenges for yourself in the name of personal growth and discovery. It doesn't mean you're going to accept everything that you do, but you say, Oh, I tried this on for size. So like not eating bread for a week wasn't for me. I love bread, but guess what? I tried it and my mindset said, Hey, I'm at least willing to do it. And that allows me to create the habits for a lifestyle because Eric, you nailed it because the more that you can make this not an an isolated change, but something that's part of who you are. So I think for me, one of the seminal uh, seismic shifts in my life is way back in my 20s when I got out of a serious relationship and I was back on the market, I was like, oh crap, I got to look good again. So upon that moment, I started to go back to the gym four to five days a week. And I have for the last 15 years and it became a lifestyle. It was no longer 
oh, I'm just going to try and get ripped for the summer. It was, wait a second, I now need to look good for the rest of my life because now I'm trying to find people that are going to find me attractive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, being your best self in a way. Uh, And, you know, I think you talked about kind of gamifying it. You know, I do that. I've been doing that a lot lately. It's been helping me out, like, even with just little things. Like, all right, I got to get a workout in at some point today. Like five seconds before you started this podcast, I'm sweating. Walk through, he's like, I'm sweating so much. <laughs> I gotta poop, and then he's gone for five minutes. He comes back. Okay, I but I, time. I I that became habitual for me. I I know it keeps my brain creeping out my family. <laughs> they didn't see only his fiance <laughs> walked see, by. They didn't see me. I was in the darkness. I, I'm in the darkness. Uh, th- there's um, but I have to get it in. I don't know if I'll be able to later. So it's like. Well, I got 15 minutes, and there's no excuse. He's got those click Bowflex weights. Uh, Highly recommended. So I just did a like a, a. I don't care if I'm weird, right? It doesn't. At this point, I'm 37. Obviously. I'll take. I'm taking weird to the to the grave. But I'm saying like, uh, it did. I wasn't weird in anybody else's face doing it. You know, I don't like those kind of weirdos. But I'm saying like, the, the things. What is it? Um, how you do. Uh, how you do anything is how you do everything kind of thing. That's like that habitual kind of philosophy. Um, and what, what you do, what, what is the Aristotle quote? I didn't know if you knew how you were going to end that Ooh, sentence. God damn it. I had it in my brain. The that Aristotle like, quote. It's about uh, habitu- uh, uh, what we do. We are what we do like habitually or something like that. That's what he said. Pretty I think word for word. <laughs> yeah. Well, he wasn't speaking English, but yeah. Uh, it might have been something like you are your habits. So, yeah. It's something like that. Um, and so I feel like that's the thing. What is the advice? What's the uh, non non-paid coaching advice you'd give out if someone was asking, how do I get on track? What do I do? How do I make this the best year ever? Law, I love what you just said because I've actually got a term for that because I do the exact same thing because what people fail to realize is that one is always greater than zero. So Law, if you just said, I did 12 push-ups and seven jumping jacks before this. Well, guess what? That's better than if you did zero. And if you did that for 365 days, that's going to be a crap ton of push-ups and jumping jacks because people don't realize the long-term nature of it. Because for me, it's more important for the mindset than it is actually for your body. Sure, there's physical benefits, but really I care about not having to think all day on, did I do anything today? So there's a no zero days mentality. I'm not going to take a zero for today, so I'm going to do 12 push-ups. Boom, it's off my slate. But then law, I also named it the micro-fitness mentality, Mm -hmm. where instead of being like, I got to go to the gym for 45 minutes, Mm -hmm. where people feel this guilt of being like, oh, I didn't come and show up like Ronnie Coleman and swole myself. It's like, no, listen, any action is better than no action. So in your life, if you can start to think about a micro-mentality, How can you do a one of a lot of different things? In law, you said, how do you create your best year ever? It is actually the simplest thing ever. And I was thinking about this um, before uh, our show. And all it is is a choice. Literally, it is that. Every single day in every single year, I say to myself, 2022 is going to be my best year ever. Well, how do you know that, Rob? Because I'm setting the intention that this is going to be my best year ever. And then with that in mind, can we do anything about the past? No. Can we jump into a Jetsons machine and do anything about the future? No. 
we can only live in this moment. So therefore, the way that you create your best year ever is to create your best month ever, week ever, day ever, hour ever, minute ever, moment ever. It's a mindset, it's a lifestyle and a way of being and showing up in the world where you just say, in this moment, I'm going to do what I can to love this moment. And you just keep stacking those ones nonstop. Compounding interest. There's that, there's like a infographic where it's like 1% every day being improvement. It, you know, I don't know the math, but it's exponential mm-hmm. and it is kind of mind blowing. I think it goes in both directions too. One to look it up. I think, it, it, and by the way, someone told me that Jetson's year in the future is this year, like 2022. Wow. <laughs> um, way off. Sorry, Jetson. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm, again, too lazy to look it up while we're talking to Rob here. But it, it, I, I'm definitely one of those people, the more I do, the more I can do. And if I get in a negative mood in my head and let it keep festering, it'll, it'll Snowballs, keep going. Yeah, spiraling. But it, it works the other way, Both too. Both ways, yeah. yeah. I had a buddy, one of my best friends, uh, Lincoln Funk. He, he's one of those guys that smiles at everybody like a big bumpkin from Alabama. But, you, he, you know, he, he broke it down where we thought he was being like a cartoon Almost a cartoon character of that southern guy that's hey, you know, like that guy. Foghorn Leghorn. He yeah. He what's it called? He he goes, No, 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 you get it back a lot of the time. And it makes his mood a lot better. And I was like, Oh shit, you're right. Oh yeah, you just man even if you don't feel like it, just do it. Yeah. And just manifest that and it'll just come back at you. But he's making a choice to do it and then it became habit. It became right. his personality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you cannot give to others that which you're not experiencing yourself. So if all of a sudden you're like, all right, well, I want to feel better. Well, the best way to feel better is to go and give somebody else a compliment. Hey, Law, your hair looks amazing today. And you're going to be like, thank you you so much, Rob. And then, boom, you're going to be smiling. And then it's going to be making me smile. And chances are the more times you do this, eventually someone's going to give me a compliment back. But we're not fishing for our own compliments. So you give to others and it'll bounce back. I mean, it's the law of karma. I live by this. Yeah. Kind of have to, I think. Yeah. And it's that thing of like, we've talked about improv a lot and how important that can be in your professional career, the yes and principle. And if I tell everybody who uh, wants to know or not, (laughs) because I I like to give old man advice no one's asked for Mm -hmm. um, a lot of time to youngins, but I'm like, take an improv class if you're worried about social interactions professionally or just socially, you know, outside of work. Uh, But it it teaches you to think on your feet. But more, more importantly, it'll yes and. Like you've done it. I've noticed during this interview, you've done a good job spinning back that this, uh, our questions are good questions. Yes. Thank you. Yes. And thank you. And while I, I analytically know it, but it, it still, it still does what it's intended to do. Right. It still still works. Good. Gold gold star. I'm still a C plus student. That's like, nice. Yeah. So, Law, I'm actually going to yes and you with actually a yes and story. Boom. I've been using yes and in my vocabulary so much now that it's become a verb. So now when you're being like, boom, I like this, I'm like, hey, Law, I'm going to yes and you. And I do that to set the intention of building. And I found the more times that I'm actually saying that I'm going to yes and you, boom, let me build on top of this the better these conversations are. So something to think about because uh, I believe in that philosophy, but nobody ever said, hey, Rob, start saying yes and, oh, Eric, I'm going to yes and what you just said. And 
all of a sudden it just triggers me to keep building on top of you guys. It's what I love about being on the show with you guys is you get this yes and philosophy and it is so important to creating your best year ever if you just keep on yes ending all the positive things that you want to do or create. That, I mean, people have to be beaten over the head with it. You just say, I am now going to yes and this situation. Yeah, that, and that, that I can see that totally working. Where uh, people are like, oh, we're doing that game. <laughs> well, the I imp- want to play. The improv really... You know, I think it's important to take a class if you can't do it on your own. Honestly, like uh, doing an Just improv. Give the website address for your your improv class. Groundlings, L.A. Groundlings. I don't know. Uh, that's right. I took Groundlings classes in L.A., but it was like the point is, it's like when you play football and you you get in a three point stance, and the guy comes by and kicks your hand out of the way because you're not in a real good stance. You're just you're sloughing off. It's kind of the verbal version of that. Like if they'll stop you in the middle of the scene and go like. You didn't know. You you negated. You didn't. You didn't even listen to the other person. You didn't even oh, understand their character. Or you don't even have a character. And you're like, and they kind of like drill sergeant way more than you thought. Like you're like, oh, this would be a good time. And it's like, no, no. There's rules to this, uh, and the machine will make it funny. But like, you have to follow the Mad Libs uh, algorithm they've got going, and you got to kind of really military like get embarrassed almost. Cause that's shaming in front of everybody. You fuck up. Cause I'd be like, I was 24. I would try to think of a joke on stage cause I was trying to do it to get better at stand up. And then taking yourself out of it. And yeah. And I'm not listening. I'm just trying to just uh, uh, fucking hammer. I'm trying to murder the class. <laughs> and it's like, I wouldn't even murder it. Even if I had the best material anyway. <laughs> then you do, <laughs> then you do get a joke out crickets well when you get the limerick uh where you have five people doing a limerick that's fun and you can you can murder that but uh, anyway uh so live by design not by default so how do you set your goals we we the last episode we did we talked about smart goals and what our goals are this year um i think it you know it really does crystallize uh what i need to do every day um without having to look at it sometimes so what, how do you uh, how do you go about setting your goals to make it the best year ever podcast on iTunes and Spotify? So I think one of the the game changers is that I look holistically in all areas of my life. I think a lot of people when they look at goals, they just think about professional goals. But one of the best decisions I ever made was I joined Jesse Itzler's Big Ass Calendar Club last year, and it was a program designed to help you create your best year ever by designing your life before your business. I'm like, love that concept. I've got plenty of business from an entrepreneurship side of things going on. So now I'm on this track. So my goal setting, I probably spent anywhere from, I don't know, three to five to seven hours on this, a series of prompts and questions. And I looked at various buckets of my life. So my four pillars are health, wealth, love, and happiness. So I'd go down the list there. So uh, number one goal for me, 2022 is the best year of my life. Boom. Love that. This is amazing. Then I went to family and then I went down to me as a coach. Uh, One of my goals this year is this is the year of knowing my numbers. Uh, As a creative, the financial number side of things hasn't always been the best. But I know from a scalability standpoint, boom, I want to get better at. So I just went down each of these different things. And I felt into them. Uh, And then let's call it 15% of them 
I wrote his grand slams. Like, boom, if I can do this, this would make this an absolutely amazing year. But the other ones, singles, doubles, a few triples. And then here is something that I did this year that I had never done before. And I learned this from Ed Milet. And he said, the highest achievers will speak their goals on video. Well, why in the world do they do that? Because now there's power in the spoken word. And then number two, he said, you go and you rewatch your goals video once a week. What do you mm. think happens when you watch your video? And mine's only like three minutes long of just speaking what I already have. So I take ownership of this stuff already. And you watch it 52 times during the year. Podcast Chances are, you're, <laughs> right. You're going to be more connected to what it is that you're creating. I was going to so, say cringe at your own voice. I know that's the problem. We can't stand each other's I'll faces. get Eric to do mine and I'll do his. Okay. Oh, but then we look Talk so about up. a fun improv game. <laughs> We just switch it up. What if, what if someone saw you in the morning doing that, looking at yourself, and you'd be like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> I think that would be funny. It would look super narcissistic, but I get it. It's, it's, uh, it's keeping yourself accountable in a way that you want others to. The cringe to. is good. Yeah, the cringe is – and you got to get over that anyway, you know. I think we are. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm getting better with it, but I definitely don't want to hear myself if I don't have to, you know, as you're editing this the episodes. But – um, so health, wealth, love, and happiness, I would say, you know, those, you categorize those in kind of the, um, the after effect of the goals. Is that kind of fair to say? Like the, 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 the desire the goal of the goals. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's not a goal. If it, you know, I, we're, I'm in the camp of uh, being quantifiable kind of thing. And I, I assume all your goals underneath all those categories are, um, but you know, Happiness, what does that mean to you? And how do you, uh, how do you talk to someone about that? Because to me, happiness is almost um, an infinite goal. Like you, you might not ever get it. I feel like going for content or satisfied, maybe that's a little pessimistic, but uh, I feel like I'm happy. That's the residual effect of being content with like hitting goals or hitting what I need to do, you know? Right. So I actually have a, I guess it's going to be a picture hanging up right in front of me right now that says happiness is not a destination. It's a way of life. Right. So I'm not going to go over to you law and be like, Hey law, you give me, I'll give you $10 million. If you fill this cup full of happiness, you can't, you can't do that because happiness is not like this tangible thing that we can buy. Mm -hmm. So in, instead it's, it's an intention because how many people are saying, all right, well, what are my goals for happiness? And yes, I'm not going to quantify it like I'm doing lead generation, but maybe I'm going to start stacking it by being like, all right, well, I'm going to go on six adventures this year. An adventure could be anything from going to a park to jumping in cold water to going Mexican somewhere prison. I've never been before <laughs> and adding newness to my life. And newness is going to make me feel some sort of way. And when I feel some sort of way, I'm more likely to be happy. So it's just setting an intention of happiness because how many people live an unhappy life? And if all they had to do was be like, Hey, how about you create a goal for happiness? And sure. We'd love everything to be quantifiable, but we don't have to let that stop us from creating. And these are buckets or categories. So nothing that I do is absolute. This is more spirit of the game than letter of the law. Gotcha. Um, uh, for pragmatic advice for anybody listening, cause that, that's really how we drilled down on the show. We're kind of talking philosophical a little bit. 
give me your uh, schedule because I remember when we met, you you changed it up uh, a little bit after we first talked on this podcast. I don't know, 2016, uh, and you were doing a sports part to your life where you had you know a sports podcast and website kind of media company. And I was like, how do you watch the games if you're waking up at 5.30 and reading a book for an hour? Is that, what's the schedule? Give me the breakfast, lunch, dinner. You don't, you don't have to go every hour by hour. But Social like, security number. What are, what are the things that make it a little bit more unique that you changed? So what I've loved about our journey together is one, you remember something like that. But number two, I'm an evolution of what my life looks like right now. My wife just gave birth to our first son, and our first child eight weeks ago. And one of, if not the, the biggest challenges for me as an entrepreneur and as a creator and as a coach was I am so routine oriented on my boot sequence. So my morning routine was typically anywhere from two to three hours. That's including fitness and showering breakfast and some of these things, but that's what it was. And then all of a sudden here comes the baby and the baby's up at, nine and 1130 and 130 and 335 and 447. And not only was it challenging from a, where am I actually going to get business done standpoint, but now uh, I'm trying to feel into, I'm still the person who believes in the personal development in these variety of different things. And I was very judgmental on myself early on in the beginning because I do have a high standard for the things that I want to create because I love to create different things. But now that we're two months into this, there is starting to become some light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And I learned that I needed to give myself some grace in this. So uh, for sure, the, what time I'm waking up is a work in progress. The goal is going to be 5 a.m. because the way that I'm going to design this is I'm going to stack me working in the morning so that I can be with my son later on in the day because my wife's going to be going back to work in about a month. So right now I'm waking up anywhere between 5.44 and 6.30 in the morning. And then I try and read. Well, I do read for 30 minutes. And then after that, there's a chance the baby's going to get up and I'm going to take him from my wife. And then from there, I'm trying to get a workout in. I'm doing my meditation journaling, my gratitude, creating myself. Fitness is happening maybe in the morning, maybe at night. I might go for a mile run or a four-mile run or the Peloton. It sort of is all over the place. And then uh, the big blessing for me was when I saw that this period of time was more serving for me if I thought about myself on paternity leave, where imagine if my slate was at zero, I don't have to do anything. All of a sudden, I was way less judgy of my output from business than I normally would be. So still creating podcasts, still doing client calls, still creating, but I'm holding it with a looser grip than I normally would. So I'm no longer Gary V hustle culture. I'm now go with the flow, peaceful. You know what? I have more than enough time to get everything done. Yeah, and it's it's that thing of... Um you know, you have to pivot when you have a kid. And as you're talking about, I was getting PTSD and Uh like the reason I was becoming like doing that tiny workout right now was kind of ingrained in me from when I had kids, uh, you know, when they were babies five years ago, four years ago, running a business, trying to not trying to hold a marriage together. That wasn't the good old days. Like, and, but I had like 10 minutes. Okay. I got 10 free minutes. Fuck yeah. I'm going to go for a mile run. 
and just knock that out. You know, like I find all this, like whatever time I had, I had to, and then I'd have to double up. So you're going to get like audio book going instead of sitting down and reading and probably mm-hmm. working out. And then you'll have the kid and you'll go, all right, I could take him on a walk. That'll get me a good walk in. You know, like you'll start kind of figuring out how to do two things at once without killing yourself. And the loosened grip on, on what your, your actions I thought was a really cool way to put it. Cause yeah. there's something with the momentum that we were talking about earlier where at least for me, where it's like, if I feel like I have to do something, it's not going to be as enjoyable for me as, or when I'm making the choice, I get to do this on my terms. That's a, that's a great, great thing for me. Whatever, whatever that is in most people, I think are like that, where it's like, no, I'm going to just, it's a grateful thing. It's a gratitude thing. You don't have to, you get to, you know, um, I don't think of it that way, but. Like, uh, do I had to do a set, you, you wrote that show, and I was, like, kind of groggy and out of it. And I was like, all right, huh. get in the game a little bit. I was just sleep-deprived from the week, burned out. But, like, it's like, come on, get your head in this. You're not – no one's forcing you to do this. You don't have to. You get to. It was kind of something I was thinking. Yeah, there you go. You know. Um, all right. Uh, we got to close this out. Uh, we're going to re-ask the question to you that we ask everybody when they first come on. But I don't know if we ever asked it to you. We probably did. Uh, what we advice? Did. Well, you probably Rob think you're probably thinking about this a lot more as you think. Guys always think about legacy. Some guys get depressed when they have a kid because they think their life's like halfway done. That's a normal kind of thing. Uh, I don't think that's. I don't think you have to worry about that, or we worry about that for you. But uh, what advice would you give your 13 year old self? Uh, you can do anything you want. So I'm big into. Belief in possibility. So for my 13-year-old self, I'd be like, dude, do whatever you want because you can do it. That's awesome. Well, I that's believe- the best answer so far. That's the best. And my favorite. Thank you for uh, your... So I think I'd say the same shit. Thank you for your time, man. We know uh, it's it's very squeezed right now. And uh, now you're in Sarasota, Florida. Welcome. You're Floridian. We'll have to uh, get up uh, when uh, the variant is a little bit lower. Right. When the baby's 18. Yeah. So we'll see you in 18 years, buddy, in the flesh. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right, buddy. See ya.